0: nothing extra special, except to my father, I'm special to him, amen, come ahead with him, Sister Connie, and if y'all would, I want you to stretch your hand towards him, he's going to Mayo Clinic, they're going to Mayo Clinic, and he's going to look into the possibility of having a bone marrow transplant. You know, if God wants him to do that, that's fine. But I'd really love it if God would just put the new marrow in there here. Amen. Yeah, and that you get there, and that they verify the miracle. He's he's not supposed to be living right now. They gave him eighteen months. This is the eighteen month. He looks pretty healthy to me, doesn't he? To you? Yeah. Hallelujah. He's got work to do. Yeah. But I told your wife yesterday. I said. I feel like the Lord said, you'll live and not die. So when I hear something like that, it's pretty direct. I'm not a prophet that prophesies 20 minutes over somebody. Mine's like three minutes and boom, boom, boom. So I'll just anoint you with oil. And we pray in agreement right now. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the healing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet that you can do the transplant on. You can bring new marrow into these bones, and you can make these bones strong again. Let it be a mighty testimony. They'll have to write another book about it. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O God. We know by your stripes that we were healed. Let him feel an unction in him. Let him feel a click drop of the Holy Ghost down into his body even now Lord hallelujah we glorify you and thank you in the name of Jesus for the healing power of almighty God hallelujah because there will be a shift in your ministries yes and the shift will be strongly with you brother Bruce yeah yeah God is going to use you mightily with a healing ministry that will touch hundreds and even thousands of people. That's why you're going through. You're not going to, you're going through. And when you do, God's going to give you an extra, special gift. (coughs) This preaching's got my throat out of whack. But he is shifting you and maneuvering you and Sister Connie. And I do believe there will be a change. I don't like to put numbers on it, but I think within the next six months, you'll have new direction. Neck on the line when I do. But I see, I see you. I don't know if it's a relocation, but I kind of feel like it is. And you're going to have a place on a lake. Yeah. I see a huge deck. And I see you in the morning drinking tea or coffee out on that deck, looking inspiration just flowing in. Just a new... It's a new day. Like that song, a new day, a new season. He's doing brand new things. So you need to get this mail Clinic thing out of the way. <laughs> I'll leave it at that for now. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Sister Connie Hallelujah. is... One of Zach's professors, he's her teaching assistant, and uh, I'm glad she likes him.
1: Oh, I love him. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I like amazing. it when people
0: like my kids, too.
1: Well, you've done a good job oh, raising Thank you.
0: Them. But you just minister, and let God have his way.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Well, it's a wonderful thing to be here with you guys this weekend. I, uh, Pastor Kevin and his family has just been an amazing blessing. You know, you can tell the quality of a pastor and their 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 family, their marriage, by the children that they raise, and they've got some amazing kids. And uh, I tell my church all the time, "You're the best church in Lincoln, in Lincoln, Nebraska." You know, people rise to their prophecies. They do. They they declare the words, and you've got a wonderful pastor. Wonderful of loving people you can feel the love that is here and the security that they feel they, they, they definitely feel like they're loved amen amen sister Virginia did an, an amazing job this weekend with the women's conference and yeah come on give her a great big round of applause I met with the intercessors on Friday morning that was amazing you guys have some warriors here to war. They know war, the, they know the word, and um, well, it's the whole team, little Amanda back there, thank you so much for, for what you've done, and, and the worship team, has been amazing, it's just been a great time. I'd like to t- dovetail on that prophecy that he just spoke on uh, this morning, you know, um, humility is a very, it's, it's it's a great currency. Both James, Book of James, and and Peter both says God resists the proud. I mean, want God to resist you? God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's attracted to humility. And before Bruce and I went to China um, as missionaries, we were there working in the underground church for five years. And uh, the Lord said, um, "Humility is a camouflage." the spirit realm if you will remain small you can do great things behind the enemy lines in in the spiritual realm and uh, stay safe and humility is not something that we work for it's something we ask God to do in us and it's his humility that wraps us and keeps us in that place of dependency upon him. And humility doesn't, doesn't mean that we don't do great things for God. It means that we understand what he did on the cross, and we are his foot soldiers, and he is the captain, and we simply say, yes, sir, and we go do what he tells us to do. And sometimes that may mean being embarrassed. It may mean making a fool of yourself. That's where the humility comes. Mother Teresa said, humility only comes by being humbled. And that means sometimes, folks, when you're at work or you're at the grocery store or wherever you are and God says, I want you to do this, that is him working his humility in you. And he's the captain, he's the king, he's the Lord, and we just simply do what he tells us to do, no matter what. Amen. So I love that word. It's a great word this morning. Um, I, I I have my books back there. I just want to let you guys know. John Wimber is the head of the third. We, he's been christened as the third head of the third wave or the fountainhead of the third wave movement, the first wave being the Pentecostal movement at the turn of the century. Mid-century was the the charismatic movement. And then we are a product of the third wave. We have a little bit of a different theology than the Pentecostals and the charismatic because we go from glory to glory to glory. There's a new new word for us today. And so, what, what uh, the story of John Wimber is, he, I weave in the second half of the 20th century, the Kansas City prophets and Mike Bickle. There's a whole chapter there in Mike Bickle and, and the Toronto outpouring and some of the Brownsville revival. And all of that, the Jesus movement early on, uh, the vineyard worship music, all that, it's all in there. Uh, who would, would know? You know that you would read this book. You would really enjoy reading this book. Good. I love readers. Yeah. I read about, yeah, you know, I won't say what I read. You'd be, you'd be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Father, I thank you for your love and your grace on us. God, you are uh, just, you are everything to us. God, we love you more than we know how to your love for us is higher, wider, deeper, longer than anything we can in our wildest imagination comprehend. So we just just lay ourselves before you today and ask that you be glorified and that you speak and have your way in the lives of your people. Be exalted, be honored today, we pray in Jesus' name. God is so good. I was thinking this morning and I think this often if there was no eternity, if there was no life after this life, but there is, we know that. I'd still want to be a Christian. He is so good. So good. Such peace that's in our heart, the joy that God gives us, the direction, oh my. God is so good. This morning I want to talk to you about um why we exist as a church, not just this church, but Jesus coined the word church. He said, You know, I, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's the one who who he, church was God's idea. Was, you know, in the book of Acts, he poured out his Holy Spirit, and the, and the church was born. And out of that one Jewish carpenter following the outpouring of the holy spirit on that day of pentecost by mid 300 AD christianity was the largest faith in the world and it still is today christianity is the is the largest body of or of believers of any kind, of re- any religion in the world. So why do we do church? If Somebody asks you, why do you go to that building every Sunday? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you do what you do? Could you give them an answer? Well, this morning what I want to do is I want to walk you through the whole book of Luke on to your hats. You know, I I talked last night about um, too long how the evangelical church has looked to the epistles for their theology. And if you didn't catch last night, it would be a real good thing to go back and listen to that because it would give you a foundation for what I'm talking about today. Because the evangelical church has taken the, said that the gospel's and the book of Acts are historical literature, and historical literature cannot be used to formulate doctrine or theology. And so that when, when they did that as, a, as, a, as the evangelical church, meaning out of the re- Reformation of the, uh, 500 years ago, they really pulled the power of the gospel of Jesus out of the church they developed something called cessationism which which teaches that, that all the miracles that Jesus did was just to prove that he was the son of God and then after Jesus uh, died and after the first apostles died who affirmed and established the church once the church was established there was no need for miracles and healing anymore how many sick people do we have that still say we'd like for healing and miracles to still right, right. Well, there so the largest majority of the churches that are around are cessationist churches. They don't believe that God still heals and that God still does signs and wonders and miracles. But I want to affirm to you today that Jesus is our model for ministry and we need to go back to the gospels again and we need to look at what Jesus did because he is our job description he is our model for ministry and there's nothing wrong with reading the epistles I love them in other words the the, the most of the writings of the apostle Paul but Jesus is the one who put on humanity. Jesus is the one who came in the flesh and is fully God and fully man. And he's the one that was empowered by the Holy Spirit to be for us people a, not he didn't just prove that he was the son of God. He laid aside his divine prerogatives and he became a man empowered by the Holy Spirit to be our model for life and ministry. So we, I'm going to point you back to the Gospels today. After Jesus uh, was baptized by John and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, there was a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. The Spirit drove him into the wilderness. There he did hand-to-hand combat with the enemy, Satan himself. Jesus came up victor out of the out of the wilderness. And he was, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing he did, he went into the synagogue. Now, I'm reading this. Luke, Luke is a Gentile physician, and he wrote the Gospel of Luke as well as the sequel to that, the book of Acts. First thing Jesus did, he went into the synagogue and he rolled out the roll of, of Isaiah and he read from Isaiah 61 and he made this declaration and beloved, it's, it's the church's declaration as well. Because doesn't he say in Ephesians that we are his body and he is our head? Come on, I I'm, I'm, you know I, I do have a little bit of Pentecost in me, come on. Amen me once in a while, okay? He said, the Spirit of God, the living God, is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to send me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who were bound and declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, Jesus is not talking about going down to the local prison and opening the prisons and setting prisoners free like that. He's talking about captives in the spirit realm where the enemy has taken them people captive and bound them up. And he's saying, I have come to open those doors and set the captives free. In other words, it would be like Reinhard Bonnke says, I came to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's what Jesus is saying in that. He said, that's my, in other words, that's his emancipation, a proclamation, his declaration of why he came. He said, I came to, really what he did is to connect lost people back to God again. And As a matter of fact, it says in Luke 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And then it says in 1 John, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So when Jesus came, he came as a divine invader into the power of darkness to bring the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God comes, the kingdom of hell has to back off. Amen? breaking of the kingdom. Luke 4, then it says, Jesus went to the, another, went to the synagogue again, and it, and this is right after he made that proclamation of declaration. He, he, he went into the synagogue, and there's a man, it says, in the synagogue, possessed by an evil spirit. And he rebuked that spirit. That the, the, the Greek word is that balo. In other words, he choked it. He throttled it. He silenced He said, be quiet and come out. And people said, Who is this guy? And they were amazed at his words, because with authority and with power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. Yeah. Now that word authority means he with legal, with legal rights. Yeah. He gives, and then with power, that's like with strength, Deudemus, with strength. So the, the way I kind of look at that is if, if, I, if the state of Hawaii, which is disconnected from the continental United States, it's out there in the middle of the ocean, if another country came and invaded Hawaii, we have the legal right to defend that piece of property and those people. We have the exousia. We have the authority to do it. And we have the deutimus power force military might to do what we have the authority to do and that they recognize that in jesus they said he has both the authority over these evil spirits and he has the power over these evil spirits they realize that and then it goes on and he went to peter's peter's mother-in-law's house and she had a fever and that same word, rebuke, he rebuked at Balo. He rebuked that fever and he drove it out, it says. Now, that word, Balo, casting out, is the word that in the Old Testament, Greek Septuagint, whenever God gave them, the Israelites, the authority and said, I want you to drive out the Canaanites, that's the exact same word at Balo. Drive out the enemy out of the promised land. The Old Testament is a physical example of a New Testament spiritual reality. So in other words, what they did in the Old Testament, they were given power and authority to drive out the enemy. And beloved, that's a New Testament spiritual reality. Jesus went from there, it says. And when the sun was setting, all those who had any kind of sickness with various diseases were brought to him, and he laid hands on them. And everyone, say, everyone. everyone. In the Greek it says, everyone of them were healed. And demons came out, and many crying and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he ekballowed, he rebuked them and commanded them not to. In Luke six, it says Jesus healed a man in the synagogue again with a shriveled hand, and the religious people were upset. Beloved, religious—that religious, religious spirit—still gets upset when God does amazing things like healings and deliverances. A multitude of people came to hear Jesus, and he healed and be healed of their diseases. Those who were tormented by evil spirits were cured, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power Deutimus was going out of him, and he healed them all. Say all. You know what that word means in Greek? All. That's exactly right. I looked it up. It's pause. It means all. All. Then Jesus Jesus healed a centurion servant with a word. And then it says he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And many who were blind, he gave to them sight. And then it says that there was a bunch of guys from John the Baptist came and said, Are you really the Christ? And he said, You go back and you tell John that the blind see, the lame walk, the leprosies are cleansed, deaf ears hear, dead are raised, the good news are proclaimed to the poor, Hey, hallelujah that's why I came Then that's what I do amen that's why the Messiah came to set the captives free and he goes on he went, and he said he went to every city and village preaching and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the, and the twelve were with him and some women some women had been healed of evil spirits and diseases Mary called Magdalene out of whom seven demons came this is Jesus' ministry that I'm talking about. And then it said he healed a woman of issue of blood for 12 years. He raised the dead girl. And then he sent his 12 disciples out. And he gave them power, dudamus, and he gave them authority, exousia, over all demons. All. Say all hallelujah, and to cure diseases. And he gave, and it says they went out and they preached the kingdom of God and healed the sick. Then he goes and he feeds 5,000 people and and then he talks to them and heals all those who needed healing. Then a little boy was brought to him with an evil spirit and, and that evil spirit convulsed and threw him on the ground and he foamed at the mouth and the father said, he's just absolutely tormented and this demon spirit is absolutely ruining his life. And Jesus cast it out. Beloved, do you realize sickness does not bring God glory? Healing brings God glory. We're supposed to be the healing force of God. God. God is the healer. That's how he identified himself to the Israelite. I am the Lord who healeth thee. Sickness does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. God doesn't put sickness on anybody to teach you something. That's a lie of the enemy that we talked about yesterday afternoon. Amen? If anything makes God look bad, it's not from God right? Then Jesus sent out the 72 and I love this. He said, "You go heal the sick, tell them the kingdom of God is here. And they came back. do you remember what they would do? Woo, even the demons are subject in your name. there is one name.
2: <laughs> and
1: Jesus said, Isn't that wonderful? He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. One name, one name causes Satan to fall like lightning, people. One name. And he went on to say, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We don't have to worry about the enemy. He is defeated. He is already defeated. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. He has already won the victory. The power, the resurrection power is in us. The only thing that is against us is our lack of understanding of who we already are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then Jesus drove out a demon out of a man of the synagogue, and, and it says the man that 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 demon made the man blind and mute. And when Jesus cast that thing out, the mind, the man could see and he could speak. And the religious people said, "He's casting out demons by the prince of demons, Beelzebub." And Jesus said, "That is." stupidest thing I've ever heard it's my translation he said if Satan drives out Satan his house is divided how smart is that right Jesus said but if I drive out demons by the finger of God then the Spirit of God has come upon you amen And you know, they knew exactly what he meant when he said the finger of God because in Exodus, whenever the plagues came and God was delivering his people out of Egyptian bondage, the first plague came and the sorcerers, they were able to mimic it. The second plague came and they were able to mimic it. But when the third plague came, they couldn't match it. And they said, this is nothing but the finger of God. They knew exactly what he was saying. He's saying, I am. I am. goes on, Luke chapter 11, and it says, When a strong man is fully armed, he guards his palace. His goods are at peace. But when a stronger than he comes, he takes away from his his armor and he divides his spoil, Jesus is saying he may be a strong man but there's somebody stronger that's here there's somebody stronger that's here Jesus is the stronger one beloved we do not have dualism in this situation it's not it's not a kingdom divided against itself it's not two equal opposing forces. Beloved, God is the creator of all things and he is over all. And Jesus has already won the victory. Satan is a defeated foe, his kingdom has an end. We know that. Amen. Jesus came to take the well, oh, he's the strong man he's the stronger one who has opened the prison door and he's setting captives free and that's our role church you, know, you read in, in the book of Revelation where you see the glorified Jesus and there he is he holds the keys he's got the keys behold I have the keys of death hell and the grave when he died he went into hell and he got the keys we think about the, the gates of hell. It's almost like this is a, the image it seems like we have gates are marching against us. Gates don't march, gates are like they're, they're defensive and they try to keep those people out. So the gates of hell have been locked, and they're hoping that we don't come and invade because we have the keys. We have the keys to go up to the gates of hell and unlock those doors and set the prisoners free. That's our commission. That's what Jesus did. Oh,
2: hallelujah.
1: This is good preaching (laughs) because it's the story of Jesus. And there was a woman in the synagogue. Jesus said she's the daughter of Abraham. Satan had bound her up for 18 years. And Jesus set her free of the spirit of infirmity. And she stood straight up. But I don't get tired of reading this. I don't get tired of reading the gospel. In Luke 13 it says, some Pharisees came saying to him, get out and depart from here. Herod wants to kill you and he said, you go tell that fox. That's what it said literally, you go tell that fox. Behold, I cast demons out and I perform cures today, tomorrow, and the third day I will be perfected. Are you getting this? Jesus proclaimed his purpose. He came to set the captive free. He came to rule and reign. He, he came to invade the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. The stronger one has come. He has come to set the captives free. It's the inbreaking of the kingdom, the establishment of the kingdom of God. He says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, I'm going to send you in my name and you go do what I've been doing. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He healed a shriveled hand. He he healed people of leprosy, would be like cancer today. He opened deaf ears. He called blind eyes to see. He called the mute to tongue to speak. He called the cripple to stand upright. And beloved, he cast out demons all the time. That's our job. And then he tells the story of the lost son, the lost sheep, and the lost coin. The Son of God came to seek and to save that which was lost. And beloved, if you have lost family members, if you have prodigal children, can I give you a hint on how to pray for them? You you don't have the ability, or you shouldn't do um, you know controlling prayers like God make them make them come to Jesus. That come, because that's like witchcraft prayers. But I can tell you what you can pray. God, I ask you and right now in the name of Jesus, I bind the strong men and every power of darkness that is around them I bind them up in the name of Jesus and I render them helpless. I re- render, re- render, re- render them silent in the name of Jesus. They no longer have the right to act in my child's life. I command you to back off, back down, cease and desist. Push them back. Push them out of the way because you have that right to do that. You're doing by silencing and binding the strong man that's operating in their life, you give them that space of opportunity to see and to hear and be able to respond to the Spirit of God working in their lives. You have that power and you have that authority. It says in Ephesians chapter 1 that Jesus is above every principality power of darkness spiritual wickedness in high places in every name on earth and any any place else that you can name in other words the whole shebang he's over it all and then it says he is the head and we are the body We're not going to go pull down strongholds. What we're going to do is put them under our feet because we are His body and we are seated with Him in heavenly places. And we can crush those things because they are under our feet. Amen? Oh, I I pray that you're comprehending how powerful you are. It's in His name. are the body of Christ. Can you? Oh, that is so powerful. So why did Jesus come and why do we exist as a church? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came came to uh, set the bound free and he came to heal sick people who were under that spirit of infirmity. Oh, that's so good. And then we're supposed to, Pastor, and equip the saints to know this and go do it. Not so we can sit here and be stinky pupitated. Or so we can be an audience instead of an army. We are called to be an army. Warriors. Vicious and ferocious in the kingdom of God. In the spirit realm. That's who we are. Not to cower down. Not to be afraid. Perfect love casts out miracles. Fear has torment. We are to be strong, brave, and very courageous. Hallelujah. That's why we exist as a church. And the last thing it says in Luke, that Jesus in his resurrected form, he began, he walked with the the disciples on the road to Emmaus and he opened the scriptures and he read from them from the very beginning to where he was then about revealing himself through the scriptures. He opened their minds. Father, I pray
2: today
1: that you would open the mind of your church to comprehend who Jesus is And get us back into the Gospels again and take a fresh look at Jesus and what Jesus did. And realize, God, that we are that Jesus with skin on today. We are the children of God. We are born of the Spirit. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. The works that jesus did we not only can do them but we are called and we are commissioned and we are sent out to do the works that jesus did father i pray for a fresh revelation to your church to your people god not only here in this church but your collective church god i do believe that the prophecy this morning that there is coming a great awakening i believe that this is the awakening that is coming the revelation of who we are and how powerful have been given to stand up in the face of the powers of darkness and begin to push it back, push it back, and say, The stronger one has come, the stronger one has come. And Lord, I believe that even the overturning of Roe v. Wade is the beginning of a great awakening that is happening in our country. And we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory, Lord, in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. I get you to make the declaration with me of what Jesus said when he went into the synagogue that day and he rolled out because that is your proclamation That's, this is what we are to do people say this like you really mean it the spirit of God is upon me The Lord has anointed me to take good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open prison doors for those who are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. you read it as your instruction manual, that God is speaking to you that this is what you look like with his power inside of you to do these works in this day, in our age. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor, shall we pray for your people? Well, you know, there, there's three things Jesus came to do: is seek and save the lost. Today, if you are here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm kind of done with these display Now, and say a little prayer, because you see, the reality is, God wants to be everything to you. Jesus doesn't want to be an add on. He's not just something, a little thing that you do on Sunday to punch your card so that you can go to heaven. Jesus came to be Lord of our lives. And we've made it something like a country club. God's coming with brooms, and dustpan. Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. So if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I invite you to come forward and we will pray for you and lead you into the revelation of how you can go through that cross and become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can be born again. Second thing, I've talked a lot about deliverance this morning, demonization, casting out demons. Beloved, Christians can be demonized. You know, we, we, we don't like to use that word, but they can be. In other words, oppressed. They can hang on you, they can make you sick, they can get, get you frustrated, fearful, worried. Get you all out of sorts. I, you know, I just don't feel like myself. I feel weighted down. There's something that just can't seem, seems to be between me and God. I'm not able to pray like I need to pray. I, I try to read the Bible, I fall asleep. I can't seem to. Beloved, those are demonic spirits that have attached themselves to you. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, I think it is, "Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, and don't give the enemy a foothold." In other words, a crack in your not just anger it's anything that you can do some things that you've watched with your eyes television programs that christians should never be watching because we watch things on television we laugh at the sitcoms who talk dirty things that jesus died to save us from shouldn't be doing that we are created to be holy as he is holy and we have to walk in holiness He wants us to be. So what happens is, yes, anger, but also does lust and all this other stuff. Open cracks, open a door and allows the enemy to come in and torment you and lock you up in different areas of your life. And if you're locked up in some area of your life, beloved, you can get free. We can we, we can pray for you this morning. And if you need healing times you have to get free of that demonic thing that is there is a spirit of infirmity we can break that off of you and you can be healed because God wants you healed so if you would stand on your feet don't stand on your head your need is. Just because you come forward. eyes fixed on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to shut my mic off so I can talk to people.
0: Thank you, God. If there's any impediment, like she said, it doesn't mean that you're not loving God. If there's an obstacle Get rid of it. Now's the time. Don't let it go another day. Come get rid of it today. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're evil. Just means the enemy's tried to cause you not to receive the fullness of your blessing in your life. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Whatever it is, we want you free. We want you to flow with the power of God like Hallelujah. Kids and children's church and in the nursery.